0: Jesus Christ will return for his church, and they will meet him in the clouds. This is a VIP event that only the bloodbot can attend. First Thessalonians four, sixteen through eighteen. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. This event is commonly known as the rapture. Just a matter of months after this great taking up, the world ending battle of Armageddon is waged at the culmination of this battle. Every eye shall see the terrifying, conquering Christ, who splits the sky, returning with all his saints to bring the wrath of God upon the rebellious and reprobate sons of Adam. At this point, there is no escape. This is doomsday for today's world as we know it. The good news is that today is still the day of salvation today you can make your decision for Christ and escape what appears to be a very near day of global reckoning. Give your heart to Jesus Christ while His hand is still extended. Click on to further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Matthew thirteen thirty-seven through 43. He answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the Son of man, the field is the world. And he shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous shall shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. God said, Daniel chapter 11, 31 and 36. And arms shall stand on his part, and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength. And shall take away the daily sacrifice, and they shall place the abomination that maketh desolate. And the king shall do according to his will, and he shall exalt himself, and magnify himself above every god, and shall speak marvelous things against the god of gods, and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished, for that that is determined shall be done." God said, Second Thessalonians 2, 3, and 4, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. God said, Matthew twenty-four, fifteen. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. Man said, these foolish doomsday prophets make me laugh. There is no end to this world and certainly no judgment day. Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said feature 818 that will for the 818th time certify the inerrancy of God's holy Bible. All of these powerful features are archived here in text and streaming audio for the edification of the redeemed and his ammunition in the battle for the souls of men. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Be sure to take advantage of three very useful tools on God Said Man Said. One, you have questions? God has answers. Whatever your question, type a keyword into the search bar top right and watch the screen populate with related information from Adam and Eve to quantum physics. Two, use the tell a friend feature above to send a message to someone you love. It's so quick and easy. Number three, imagine you can download nearly 295 hours of God said man said features to your electronic device. Listen to one every day. Thank you for coming. May the face of God shine upon you. This is feature 40 in the God Said, Man Said, 21 Signs of Doomsday series. The Bible does not give a date and time when Jesus Christ will return for His church, but we are commanded to watch, and the signs to watch for are clearly enumerated. Two absolutely pivotal signs in biblical prophecy are, number one, an Israel as a nation, and number two, a Hebrew temple. For over 2,000 years, the nation by the name of Israel was absent from the world's globe. The heavily prophesied restoration of Israel to the world's League of Nations was established on May 14, 1948. Regarding the building of the third Hebrew temple, the move is on. Several paragraphs from previous God Said, Man Said features follow. God Said, Man Said, 21 Signs of Doomsday Updated. The rebuilding of the Third Temple of God on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem is pivotal to doomsday. The focus on this small part of the earth's geography is intense. A Time Magazine reporter is quoted as saying, Jerusalem's Temple Mount is potentially the most volatile 35 acres on earth, end of quote. It's certainly true. Breaking events add to the mountain of information that predicts a soon coming rebuilding of the Jewish Temple. In January of 2004, a letter was drafted by Gershom Salomon, chairman of the Temple Mount and Land of Israel Faithful Movement. The letter was sent to the late Pope John Paul II. Part of this letter follows. Sir, a call from the God and people of Israel. Immediately return the Temple menorah vessels and treasures to Jerusalem. In the name of the God of Israel, you are requested to immediately return the Jewish temple menorah and other temple vessels and treasures to Jerusalem to the soon-to-be-rebuilt temple. As you will know, in 70 A.D., the Romans occupied the city of God, Jerusalem, and the land of Israel and destroyed the holy temple of the God of Israel in Jerusalem. They took away with them to Rome the holy seven branch menorah from the temple and many other holy temple vessels and treasures used by the Jews in the worship in the temple. The evil emperor Titus, who destroyed the temple and burned it, built his triumphal arch in Rome on which is pre- uh, depicted the menorah and other vessels carried by Jewish captives. Travelers and visitors to the Vatican throughout history have reported seeing them. This is the time to return these articles to Israel. Today, Israel is the most exciting fulfillment of God's end-time prophecies and promises. The climax of this prophetic time will be the soon rebuilding of the temple exactly as the prophets of Israel prophesied, end of quote. The Temple Menorah, which was the seven-branched golden candlestick in the Solomonic Temple, and the temple's holy vessels are historically believed to be in the possession of the Vatican. The Vatican. In 1996, Israel's Minister of Affairs, Shimon Shatrit, met with Pope John Paul II. The Jerusalem Post reported that he had asked for Vatican cooperation in locating the gold menorah from the Second Temple that was brought to Rome by Titus in 70 A.D., end of quote. The publication Biblical Archaeological uh, Review published a feature story on the subject of the looted temple vessels in its July-August 2005 issue under the title, The Temple Menorah, Where Is It? The following excerpts are from that article, beginning with this picture caption. The triumphal arch of Titus on Rome's Via Sacra memori- mem- memorializes excuse me, the Roman legion's sacking of Jerusalem in 70 A.D., Inside the archway on the north side, not shown, a base relief shows the Emperor Titus at the head of the victorious procession through the city of Rome in seventy AD. The south side base relief depicts the celebrants of the procession carrying the spoils of the temple on their shoulders, the menorah, the showbread table, and the trumpets. End of quote. Some may doubt the Jews' allegations, but not Flavius Josephus, one of the world's most renowned historians. Again from Biblical Archaeology Review. In the Jewish War, Josephus describes how a certain Jewish priest named Phineas handed over to the Romans some of the sacred treasures. Two Menorot, seven lamp temple lampstands, similar to those deposited in the sanctuary, along with tables, bowls, and platters, all of solid gold and very massive. He further delivered up veils, the high priest's vestments, including the precious stones and many other articles for public worship and a mass of cinnamon and cassia and a multitude of other spices which they mixed and burned daily as incense to God, end of quotes. For God's prophecies of a coming Armageddon to be fulfilled, we need a third Jewish temple. From the God said, man said feature, 21 signs of doomsday, update three, third temple, you find the following. The Word of God clearly prophesies of the physical second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ for His church. The born-again saints of God will be transformed into immortal form in the twinkling of an eye and will be evacuated from this earth to meet Christ in the clouds. This truth is ridiculed by the foolish, and so it was in the days of Noah. Keep in mind that marine fossils aren't found on every mountain peak. The word of God declares in Second Thessalonians 4, 2, 3, and 4, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. The man of sin will go into the Jewish temple and confess himself to be God at this juncture the holy ghost he who now letteth or alloweth will be taken away and so will the church of christ something is presently missing from the equation described in second thessalonians and it is the third jewish temple the first one was destroyed by the babylonians the second by titus and the romans uh, and the romans excuse me in 70 ad the following excerpt is from 21 signs of doomsday part 1 One of the two key signs of the great taking up of the church, as declared in 2 Thessalonians, which precedes the end of the world as we know it by just a few years, is when the son of perdition, the son of eternal ruin, the son of hell, goes into the temple of the Jews and shows himself that he is God. At the present time, the Jewish temple does not exist. In its place are the Muslim Dome of the Rock and Al-Aqsa mosques. Given the combustible condition of Israel, a scenario could easily be imagined where the Muslim mosque that now occupy Jerusalem's Temple Mount could vanish in a moment from an errant or orchestrated explosion or a natural disaster such as an earthquake, etc. There is a group known as the Temple Mount Faithful Movement dedicated to this very real possibility. A handful of members and their organization was arrested and convicted in the 1980s for plotting to blow up the two mosques. It is said that the materials needed to rebuild the temple have been set aside, awaiting the demolition of the Muslim mosques. But also keep in mind that an ancient and recently revived school of thought is that the temple can presently be built on the Temple Mount without disturbing present Muslim structures. By this method, only the court of the Gentiles would be omitted, which lines up perfectly with Revelation 11, 1 and 2. Verse 1, And there was given me a reed like unto a rod, and the angel stood, saying, Rise, and measure the temple of God, and the altar, and them that worship therein. But the court which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles, and the holy city shall they tread under foot forty and two months. We not only need a temple to fulfill biblical prophecies, we also need priests who can establish their pedigree to preside. The following excerpt is from 21 Signs of Doomsday, Part 1. Remember the great catching up of the church to meet Christ in the clouds is just a few years from Armageddon and the end of the world as we know it. One of these two signs mentioned above, taken from Second Thessalonians, is the son of perdition going into the Jewish temple and confessing himself to be God. In order for this to happen, we need a Jewish temple, we need a red heifer, and we also need Levitical priests and workers to perform temple duties. The tribe of Levi, one of the 12 tribes of Israel, was designated by God to conduct all temple duties. Down through history, Israel, through defeat and battle, has been dispersed to the four corners of the earth. In 70 AD, the second temple was utterly destroyed. The assumed destruction of genealogical records and over two millennia of dispersion have made Jewish tribe identification nearly impossible, but not as much so for the Kohens and the Levites. In the Jewish effort to preserve the identity of the Levi tribe, it was forbidden by Jewish law for a Kohen or a Levi to alter his name. The name Kohen is a Jewish surname derived from Kohen, meaning a Jewish priest. Cohens are direct descendants of Aaron, the brother of Moses, who was also of the tribe of Levi. Aaron and his sons performed all priestly duties. The general name Levi, on the other hand, is derived from the father of one of Israel's twelve tribes, Levi. The entire tribe was set aside to perform the many tasks in connection with the temple and to support the needs of the priest. Years back, Time Magazine reported the following. Two Talmudic schools located near Western Wall, the Wailing Wall, are teaching nearly 200 students the elaborate details of temple service. Other groups are researching the family lines of Jewish priests who alone may conduct sacrifices, end of quote. The ability to detect the Levitical priest has now risen to the level of DNA science. Variations in the Y chromosome unique to the sons of Aaron can now be ascertained through DNA testing, which established with certainty a true Levite priest, end of quotes. Concerning the red heifer mentioned above, the Apostle Paul wrote in Hebrews 9:13 and 14, For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? The red heifer is pivotal to Israel in general and to the temple ministry. In 1997, the Middle East and the religious world were shook with the message of a birth of a red heifer. It was major news the world over. A red heifer, qualified to cleanse the unclean, had not been seen in Israel for nearly 2,000 years. The story of this heifer, known today as Melody, was reported in Newsweek under the title The Strange Case of Israel's Red Heifer, it follows in part. But to observant Jews... There is nothing ordinary about her. A couple of millenniums ago, in the era of the first and second Jewish kingdoms, the ashes of a red heifer, butchered in her third year, were mixed with water and used to purify Jews before they could approach the holy temple on Jerusalem's Temple Mount. Not since the destruction of the second temple by the Romans in 70 AD, however, has a red heifer been born in Israel, Judaic scholars say. Some Israelis have greeted Melody's arrival as a wondrous potent for the new millennium. Others view her as an ominous threat to the Middle East peace. The furor springs from the fact that some devout Jews see Melody's birth as a sign from God that the coming of the Messiah is nigh. Many Muslims and some less observant Jews are concerned that extremists, might take the red heifer as a signal to destroy the Dome of the Rock and Al-Aqsa mosques, which now occupy Jerusalem's Temple Mount. That would clear the way for the construction of a third Jewish temple and possibly provoke a war. The potential harm from this heifer is far greater than the destructive properties of a regular terrorist bomb, wrote journalist David Landau and the influential Israeli newspaper Hearetz. Landau has suggested the heifer's rapid unceremonious dispatch. Gershon Solomon founded the Temple Mount Faithful movement 30 years ago to press for the uh, hill's liberation from what he calls Muslim imperialist occupation. Solomon sees Melody's advent as an omen, another sign that we are very close to the rebuilding of the temple, he says, end of quote. Again, from 21 Signs of Doomsday updated. The information concerning the coming third temple continues to surface. In October of 2004, the Sanhedrin, the newly reestablished group of 71 Jewish sages, met for the first time in 1,600 years at Tiberias, the site of the Sanhedrin's last meeting centuries ago. The Sanhedrin presided over the Jewish judgment of Jesus Christ. In a December 8, 2004 news release at IsraelNationalNews.com, Nation, uh, under the headline, Members of Reestablished Sanhedrin Ascend Temple Mount, the following paragraphs was found. In a dramatic but unpublicized move, members of the newly established Sanhedrin ascended the Temple Mount, Judaism's holiest site, this past Monday. The following excerpts are from a June 6, 2005 article in the Jerusalem Post under the heading Rabbi Adon Steinsaltz, New Head of Sanhedrin. It reads, Rabbi Adon Steinsaltz was elected the temporary president of a rabbinical body Monday that aspires to renew the Sanhedrin Judaism's highest ranking legal religious tribunal. The group of rabbis involved with establishing the Sanhedrin, a 71-man assembly of rabbis that convened adjacent to the Holy Temple before its destruction in 70 A.D. and outside Jerusalem until about 400 A.D., also decided to take steps toward the rebuilding of the Holy Temple. Historically, the Sanhedrin was the final arbiter on all Halakhic matters. Reestablishing the tribunal is aimed at ending religious infighting and facilitating unity, end of quotes. Is the third temple eminent? The following headline at prophecynewswatch.com reads, Sanhedrin rules prophesied return of Jews to Israel has been fulfilled. Excerpts follow. Rabbi Hillel Wise, spokesman for the Sanhedrin, explained to Breaking Israel News, The Sanhedrin ruled that we are now clearly in the prophesied third inheritance of the land, the first being by Joshua, the second after the Babylonian exile. To signify the reinstitution of the Jubilee and also to commemorate the Jubilee of Jerusalem, the Sanhedrin has issued a medallion. One side is engraved with an image of Solomon's temple flanked by two shofars, symbolizing the Jubilee. The other side shows a lit seven-branched menorah, two cherubim, and a Hebrew inscription stating that the third inheritance of the land of Israel by the Jews has officially been declared. The Sanhedrin is selling the medallion and setting aside the proceeds for use in the third temple. Sale of this medallion will serve as the basis for the mitzvah of the half shekel, which was collected from every Jewish male, Rabbi Hillel Weiss explained. As such, the money will go towards acquiring animals, grain, oil, and wine for sacrificial purposes. It will also be used for building and maintaining the temple. End of quote. Headline, August 30th. 2016, from charismanews.com. Sanhedrin takes major steps toward Revelation chapter 11 with high priest appointment. The article follows in part. The nascent Sanhedrin recommended a high priest should Jews be able to access the Temple Mount for Yom Kippur. The group selected Rabbi Baruch Kahane as the next high priest. However, Kahane declined the nomination according to recent reports. Rabbi Hillel Weiss, spokesman for the nation Sanhedrin, told Breaking Israel News, the only obstacle preventing the temple service today is the political issue. If that should suddenly change, as it very well could, we would be required to begin the temple service immediately. It is therefore necessary that we have a candidate prepared to fill the role of the high priest, especially now that we have Kohanan prepared to serve in the temple. Earlier this year, the Temple Institute announced the search for a select group of male Kohanim. Members of the Jewish uh, priestly class qualified to perform animal sacrifices, including the slaying and burning of a red heifer, Charisma News previously reported. Then this month, a new report emerged that the Temple Institute, which is dedicated to reestablishing the Holy Temple in Jerusalem and in keeping its memory alive, announced it is opening a school for training Levitical priests for their eventual service in the new temple. It appears as though the world is rapidly approaching Revelation chapter 11, uh, end of quote. Headline. March 15, 2016, from BreakingIsraelNews.com, Sanhedrin performs rare biblical commandment not seen for 2,000 years. Paragraphs follow. Last Thursday, a biblical commandment that hasn't been seen in 2,000 years was fulfilled. In the Cardo neighborhood of the old city of Jerusalem, two witnesses stood before the Sanhedrin and gave testimony that established the beginning of the new month. Joshua Wander, a resident of the Mount of Olives who attended, thought the event was clearly necessary. Things came up when you actually do these things, dilemmas that you could never anticipate from just sitting in yeshiva and learning from a book. For example, the witnesses were questioned by the Sanhedrin. They were asked where in the sky it was, what direction the moon was facing, what time it was exactly. It seemed that the witnesses were not prepared for this level of questioning, which is dictated by the Talmud. One of them asked if He could look at a photo from his cell phone. After consultation, the Sanhedrin Sanhedrin ruled that it was permissible. End of quote. Things are quickly lining up for Armageddon and global doomsday. The headline of the March 16, 2015 feature by Prophecy News Watch reads, Major Prophetic Announcement, Holy Altar constructed for Third Jewish Temple. Excerpts follow. End Times prophecy watchers are marveling over a news report out of Jerusalem this week that the altar of the Lord has been reconstructed by the Temple Institute. The Institute, based in the old city of Jerusalem, announced it has finished building an altar that is essentially ready for use in sacrificial services. The altar is the most ambitious project to date toward the goal of rebuilding the Jewish temple. The mass of Outdoor altar, which took several years to build, can be operational at little more than a moment's notice, reported the Israeli magazine of The altar is the last major component needed for the long obstructed sacrifices to resume in a future Jewish temple. It was approximately 16 feet tall and 52 and a half feet wide with four horns or raised corners and a ramp. Jonathan Kahn, author of The Harbinger and the Mystery of the Shemitah, also sees the announcement as significant. We know that end time prophecy cannot be fulfilled without the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem, Kahn, a Messianic Jewish rabbi in New Jersey, told WND. The abomination desolation prophesied in Daniel and the Gospels must take place within the temple precincts. So, too, the Apostle Paul speaks of the man of sin or the Antichrist sitting in the temple of God. What many people don't realize is that along with the Holy of Holies, the altar of the temple is the most central and critical part of the temple. Kahn said, it is the altar that is the center of the abomination causing desolation, end of quote. Over 2,000 years and no Israel, things have changed. Nearly 2,000 years and no temple, things are changing and moving quickly. The world's judgment, its doomsday, is knock, knock, knocking at the door. Born again, prepare for departure. God said in Matthew chapter 13, verse 37 through 43, He answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world, the good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil, the harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world." The son of man shall send forth his angels and they shall gather out of his kingdoms all things that offend and them which do iniquity and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father who hath ears to hear. Let him hear. God said Daniel chapter 11 31 and 36 An arm shall stand on his part and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength and shall take away the daily sacrifice and they shall place the abomination that maketh desolate And the king shall do according to his will and he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god and shall speak marvelous things against the God of gods and shall prosper "...till the indignation be accomplished, for that that is determined shall be done." God said, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, 3, and 4, "...let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God." God said, Matthew twenty four fifteen, when ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. Man said, these foolish doomsday prophets make me laugh. There is no end to this world and certainly no judgment day. Now you have the record.